Friends, we are what the kids would call back after our one-week hiatus. PWW Talks is back for episode four, episode five. See, I corrected myself this time because I was paying attention. We are PWW Talks, episode five. I am G, I am him. We are back for episode five of our weekly show. Rami, Dakota, say what's up, and we'll jump right into this bad boy. What's going on? Uh, so we're back again for another week. Uh, obviously, we announced it, but this will be the first episode that launches on Apple and Spotify in real time after we record it. So that'll be great. Make sure you guys check that out. We've launched a Twitter at PWW Talk. Those are our quick little announcements for you guys. We'll continue to try to get better, try to bring more content to you guys, and we'll continue moving forward. So we're going to jump right into it today. And we have AEW up first like we do usually. With AEW, we're going to start with the video game. The video game's gotten more of a reveal recently. More information is dropped. Um, some of that information is included that the roster, when the game comes out, will only be around 50 playable characters. They revealed Nia Rose and um, Chris Statlander as the most recent ones, and they did confirm the Owen Hart uh, inclusion. On top of that, we've heard about the bug. The Ukes and Ken- Kenny Omega have had an awkward relationship, so we got to unpack that a little bit. Um, and the game overall has been an interesting development. They are over budget. They've had to add extra money into it. And on top of that, they are already cutting content. So how do you guys feel about the video game, what we've seen so far? Are you going to buy AEW Fight Forever when it comes out? How do we feel? I think it looks good. I mean, it doesn't look good, but Ukes is making it. So it looks like it's going to bring a Day of Reckoning type vibe back. So I am one and it's going to be PC support. So I'll buy it on PC and do the mods and everything to make it look better if needed. So yeah. oh, it is PC support. Interesting. I was, so my criticism of it is honestly that the graphics remind me of like, okay, I'm not going to say PlayStation two, but it reminds me of PlayStation three graphics to be completely honest. I was looking at the graphics that they revealed earlier today and last night and whatnot, and then compared it to what I saw of WWE 2K22 which I don't have. I mean, I had no intention of buying either of these games, frankly. But that, that's just because I don't play games too often. Just seeing the difference in quality, though, from one game's playback and the other, you can see that, you know, WWE 2K22 has much more going for it. And frankly speaking, I don't... The biggest issue that I have is the fact that they're giving 50 playable characters. Their roster is, like, what, 170 people? So what are they going to do? They're going to make it the rest of the people DLCs. So they're going to just charge people to play with the, with your favorite wrestlers coming well, forward. Thing, you got to think that it's the first game. You know, the game takes forever to make. They got to, you know, they got to make a basis for next year's game. This is just the first game that they've been working on. So obviously right. next year's game will have more stuff. You know, it's, they can't put everything in the first game. They got to have a... a a foundation and then grow on that foundation every year just like how you know 2k had to take two years off to do it but they already had the development team that's worked on it for six years so with AEW, granted Ukes is doing it but they haven't made a game in so long and it's completely new groundwork and new all that type of stuff so it's a little different in that aspect if you think about it yeah they probably won't have that much dlc but they'll grow on it so that way the next game you know they're getting the feet door is what they're doing yeah, to bounce off what Dakota said, it's it's exactly that. It's the foundation. I think the graphics are a little disappointing just because, like, I they obviously were going for the style or something of it. And the only thing is, like you said, this is the foundation. So this will probably be the graphics that we see for the next few games and few releases unless they do a major overhaul to the engine because, like you said, it's the foundation. But other than that, I mean, obviously the roster is disappointed at 50. 
But as long as we get some of the big names, like they said, we're going to get like CM Punk and um, I forgot who. I think they confirmed Adam Cole also. I think that they confirmed be- Adam Cole. If you want me to just list out all the people, the, the reputable names, because I have them right in front of me here. And yeah. you can mention any other people. I already know that there someone I would pay for Dan Housen to play with him just because I, I mean, it sounds like he would be fun. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Hikaru Shida, my favorite wrestler on the roster, female wrestler, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Owen Hart, Thing, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, and then Ruby Soho, as well as Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. Um, so the way I yeah. see it here, Owen so- Hart is like, it's, Cool to have Owen Hart, but there's so many people on the roster that are showed every week that they could have at least put on as well. I mean, a, a huge part of it is we were either going to get the roster filled with a lot of the old AEW people that were there before they started doing all these signings that not many people care about, or we were going to get stuck with, um, you know, just kind of like like the roster we got now, which is a little bit better than having a bunch of throwaway wrestlers you'll never use because at least they can put the time into these wrestlers that we care about. Like you said, it's it's unfortunate some of these bigger names that have been signed recently might end up as DLC or might not make the cut at all. But I still think it's a great um, beginning for it. Obviously, it sucks that they're cutting content because that means that the timeline's a little off that they predicted, and I hope they don't cut anything major. Because oh, this game, I think it'll launch successfully as long as it's not buggy like 2K20. Or, yeah, 2K20. So that's what they really have to avoid. I know the video game department has been huge for AEW. They've invested a lot of money into this. Um, They want to succeed. This is a huge reason why they're in the red like they are each year. And they really need this game to do well so they can make back some of that money they've invested. And hopefully this relationship will continue and they do get to build off of it into the future uh, to continue on and give us bigger, better games with all of the features that Kenny Omega originally envisioned for us. I'm going to move us on, though, from the video game stuff. Um, speaking of the old AEW roster that maybe we don't care as much about, maybe it's hit or miss with some of the stars, AEW has began with, it's not its first cuts, but its first um, superstars that they're not renewing, the superstars that are leaving. We have our first list of a few names in the last few weeks. Uh, we have um, Joey Janela, Marco Stunt, Jack Evans, and most notably, we have um, Stu Grayson from The Dark Order. How do you guys feel about uh, AEW when these superstars walk? Do you think any of these will be a miss? Um, I think it's it's understandable. We knew this was coming, especially certain names that we haven't seen on TV in months, years. We know there's plenty more to come that won't be renewed. Um, it's it's nice because they do get to finish out their contract. They get all the money they were promised, all that good stuff, the non-WWE way of things. But obviously, it's a business. Right. Bro wrestling's a business like we've been talking about. You can't sign everyone. You can't keep everyone on the roster as much as you want to. It'd be great to keep the talent there. You have all those YouTube hours you got to fill up. But with the start of ROH, especially with the start of ROH, you would think, hey, maybe they could keep all of these stars. But just certain ones you got to get rid of to keep bringing in these big names like you have been because you need to make the rooms for the CM Punks, the Daniel Bryans, the Keith Lees, these people that are getting bigger contracts, um, other people that we'll talk about later in the show that we think are coming in. And you really just need to be able to have that financial flexibility and not be pushing yourself only in the red. How do you guys feel about these uh, these cuts now that I've given you the whole soliloquy? Um, nah, I, that doesn't matter. The roster's too big and none of them were huge names or doing anything really important. Um, they were the start, though. That, that Okay, what about the... the no, I know, I I, yeah, I you know, that doesn't have 
just because someone starts somewhere doesn't mean they have to finish there, you know? AJ Styles started with TNA. He left. Cody, he Rhodes, Cody Rhodes started with the AEW in the cultist minds. And now look at him. <laughs> okay, well, those are <laughs> exceptions to the rule, let's say that. Um, Dakota, finish your thought just before I, before I go into the future endeavoring here. I'll, I'll tell you who I feel bad for um, last, and that's when I'll wrap up this so you guys go first. Um, oh, so, all right, let me give you my thought here. Okay. Um, in terms of all these releases, I think, like, Stu Grayson, for example, I liked his in-ring work, but, I mean, he obviously was not someone that mattered, so to speak. But seeing the future, these releases reminds me of a few months ago, well, it was like three, four months ago, when Big Swole was released, and she started criticizing. Honestly, the, I forgot all about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it reminds me just because I, I feel like she was the first person that left AEW after the original signees and all that. Maybe I'm wrong, but most rep, most memorable just because she criticized AEW's demographics. And, I mean, that criticism was absolutely flawed and stupid, but... Tony Khan's response, which she was, he basically said she wasn't good enough to stay on the roster. I fully agree with that. Inevitably, a lot of people are going to be similar to that. Like the people that are going are are negotiating their contracts now, they're going to be trying to negotiate for more money. And generally speaking, I mean, when you have now CM Punk, all these people that you didn't have two years ago, why would you give them more money? I get it, but in the end, uh, there ha- there is something to be said here for actually having i really don't like when they give all these squash uh matches to you know randoms people that aren't even on the roster just people for local wrestlers or local indie guys or whatever i would rather have these you know squash people that even if they come in like how morrissey came in today for just one match he's probably not on the AEW roster just one one fight that would be better and let them go look elsewhere but they can be like basically on retainer with AEW in some way shape or form just because I mean, we need scrubs, to put it simply. Like, I don't want to call anyone a scrub. They would kick my ass, but the big the big wrestlers, the superstars, or whatever you want to call them, need someone to foil off of. And that's what these smaller people should be. Instead of them just touting every new signee as if they're going to be the next champion, and then they just fall in the, by the wayside. Uh, the way I see it, though, it doesn't matter as long as they keep Kenny Omega. I think Kenny Omega is the biggest person that is that is not on the roster that they're paying a lot to, and I just want to see him fight again. But oh, yeah, I, that's I don't I don't think Kenny Omega will ever go anywhere unless something like big happens, like bigger than the Cody. Like Cody's wasn't even a falling out, just the way things played out. Um, the person I do feel bad for the most from all of these cuts is uh, Marco Stunt because basically that man had a guaranteed role on the roster, and then. Whenever Tony Khan decided he wasn't bringing back Marco, they kind of replaced him with Christian in the stable with uh, Jurassic Express. Oh, no. Kind of the end of his they days. They didn't replace him. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just don't want fake news. Uh, they didn't replace him. He actually got signed as lead booker for MLW or one of the company, one of those, one of the promotions. And this was like he tweeted about it even and said that he's not going to be signing again with with AEW because he accepted lead booker roles, the lead booker role for MLW or something like that. Just saying that as in like. Do you think, though, that occurred before he got pushed off TV or after, though? That's why. uh, I'm pretty sure this happened towards the end of last year. So I guess it would be around the same. When did Christian join? I mean, Christian joined around then. In November and Full Gear, they had the six man, didn't they? They had the crazy 
or was that Revolution? Whenever they had the six man tag, it's kind of like when I feel like Christian really took his full spot when they the um, hardcore match between them and the Young Bucks and uh, Adam Cole. I don't remember if that was Revolution or New uh, the November pay per view Full Gear, but it was one of the. Can two. I somewhat segue this? Did you hear about how the AEW is also making? Apparently, they're going to be releasing a new TV show slash reality series as well. But, yeah, but I don't know. I, I, that would be good. I mean, that'll be good when they have their streaming deal, but at the current moment, I don't see it doing any better than Roads to the Top did. It's going to be for I the really hardcores, and that's about all that's going to watch it. Like, Because, I mean, think about all the stuff on the WWE Network that gets made that's similar to that that people probably overlook or don't watch. So that's why it's like just end the extra hours on TBS is cool, but they should have just gave it to a wrestling show rather than um, a reality show. Well, I'm hoping there's still, well, there is the reality show part. There's also apparently the opportunity or the possibility of another actual program. I'm not sure what it is. I'm kind of hoping, even though I'm not really hoping. One thing that the WWE did well is with Total Bellas, they brought so many kids and non-fans into it just because it was a reality show from that end. So if they make this reality show less wrestling, more reality, they might actually be able to... uh, get some fan they need die they need non diehard fans to come to AEW. Otherwise AEW is gonna implode. So in that's my prediction. In the defense of WWE, Total Bellas was actually a good show and so was Total Divas as someone who watched the first five or six seasons religiously. I have no comment to respond to that. <laughs> I mean okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great gonna- show. Now I'll actually segue us to the next topic that we have on hand. And uh, that's the great Owen Hart Cup that uh, we finally have the official bracket for as I pull it back up here. So the members in the men's Owen Hart, we're going to go tournament by tournament. So we'll talk about the men's first and then we'll touch on the women's second. Okay. So we can keep it more organized. So this is the current bracket for the men's side. Uh, We have Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. We have the winner right there. End it there. (laughs) We have Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly and Samoa Joe versus a Joker. Uh, the tournament will kick off next that. week from Long Island on Dynamite. You have to assume that it will continue round one in, on Rampage. How do you guys feel about this bracket of superstars? How do you feel about the tournament as a whole? Um, kind of give us your thoughts on this. I've, I'll, t- I'll share my thoughts last once again. Jeff Hardy's going to win. End of discussion. Next. Jeff Hardy's the only person on the Ross on that, in that matchup or in the cup that actually faced Stone Hart. So there might actually be that chance. No, um, not when I'm joking. Um, I actually would. I, I see a possible. I see that being a possibility, just because he's the only person fighting. That I don't know if that's really going to be the case. I don't think there's anyone here that is storyline built for the win. To be honest, on the female side though, my pick is Britt Baker. But yeah. Don't jump ahead anyway. <laughs> Excuse me. Did you jump ahead anyway? <laughs> no, um, I'm just saying I don't have I don't have any guys to say that okay. they look like they're going to win. But Britt Baker, I feel like, is destined to win that one. And she's so going to turn face during it. So, But sorry, yeah. go ahead, Dakota. On the men's side, I think it's going to be Adam Cole. Um, I forgot who said Ooh. this in our group chat for the page, but somebody said, or it might have been somebody in the comments on the page. Somebody said the way they're booking this tournament and they're trying to hype it up, it sounds like it's going to be like, uh, it's going to hold the same meaning as a title, quote unquote, for the next year for AEW. They're really putting yeah. emphasis on this. You know, like they're talking about how the winner is going to be the first one. And it sounds like it's going to be a title they carry for a while. So to me, it would make sense if you give it to Adam Cole as when you signed him for the company, your thought was, this is a future world champion. This is a future star with us. 
he's kind of got, I don't want to say he's lost in the shuffle because he's being involved in big things. We know what they're setting up. We know what they're waiting for with uh, the Young Bucks and the Red Dragon and Kenny Omega. So why not give Adam Cole the win to the tournament and you let him carry that, that tit- the title of being the first Owen Hart Foundation Cup winner and let him carry that for the rest of 22. That's something big. That's his first quote unquote, it would be like his first title in the company. It gives him a purpose. It gives him a meaning. It builds him up a little bit more. And whenever you are ready to put him in the title picture, again, not just to lose, but to actually like become champion. I don't know if he's going to be the AEW world champion anytime soon, but you'd have to think before his contract is up, that's still in the the roadmap somewhere for him. Um, obviously, he's too big for the TNT title. I mean, he's not, but you know, you'd rather him stay. You'd rather picture him as a world champion than put him in the mid card and kind of lose him in that shuffle. So that's why I think yeah. to me, Adam Cole would make the most sense. Um, like people, like if you look, if you go down the list, it's like Kyle O'Reilly's not getting the singles title. Dax isn't either. Those are tag team stars. Darby might be the second runner-up for who could win because I think Samoa Joe is going to be more on the ROH side of things. And then Ray Phoenix, same thing, tag team, and Jeff Hardy's tag team. So that's how I would break this down and who I think is going to win. I still do have complaints about the tournament. I'm going to share them here. I shared them on the page. I think the tournament's been, I don't want to say it's been messy or disorganized, but just some of the names they're putting together, the way they're coming up with the matches each week for it, it doesn't feel like it was as fully planned out as it should have been, and that's kind of a disappointment as they've been building this since November when they announced it. And I just feel like that, like when you when you came up with this grand idea, you should have at least had the idea of like, hey, this person should be the winner, or we're gonna have at least these people involved with it. But that's just me picking the, something to complain about with it. No, they definitely were winging it. I mean, they didn't have the brackets set up to start until they kept saying that we're gonna have the brackets ready next week. I mean, like they were stalling to figure. They were definitely winging it as they go by. But um, it actually just came to me, if. I were to pick if they were gonna go by what they do normally with this whole Joker uh, notion, usually the Joker's the one that ends up winning. It's like the thirtieth man in the Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, with this end, I'm not sure if that's really gonna be the case. I like the idea actually of Adam Cole and Burt Baker winning. You know, the men's and women's side. But if they do go by the Joker uh, theory, my pick on the Joker is very likely uh, Cesaro. Cesaro is a very talented wrestler. Very, and he did not get his opportunity to shine in WWE as much as he really deserved. And even though I think he's like 40 or 41, the man can work. So I think that he, if he were the Joker, he would be the only Joker that I would actually really want to see make it to the end. He deserves that. The um, I'm looking at the bracket, and even if so, hopefully Cesaro is the Joker because that would be a great finals matchup in the bracket of Adam Cole versus Cesaro. Give those men 25 minutes on the pay-per-view, and they're going to tear the house down. Yep. Um, Samoa Joe versus Cesaro would also talking be Talking about WWE wrestlers tearing the house down. That's, that's almost the way it goes on Dynamite every week. Oh. Uh, to the woman's side of all of this, we know Rami's opinion. Dakota, I'm going to read you the bracket. It's Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Jinaku uh, Shida, Red Velvet, Ruby Soho, and Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, do you have a pick, Dakota, who you think will win? Tony Storm. That's my picks as well. I, they, I know that recently it's been confirmed that Tony Khan has a lot of big plans for Tony Storm. That's been the biggest women's acquisition. Obviously, they don't have a Joker really? on their side. It'll so. be it'll be Britt Baker versus Tony Storm. That's yeah, going to be the that, They're building that up. They're definitely building that up, yeah. Oh, actually, there might be a Joker because we still have to see 
Yuka, Suzaki, and Riho still have to have their qualifying match. So there might be a Joker involved on the women's side because that would leave them at seven. But they have not announced a Joker for the women's side. I have a feeling that there there's a very good likelihood that also one of these Japanese wrestlers, I'm not sure about uh, Yukazaki, but Riho, she's like very small. I would be able to step on her, but she's incredible in the ring for how small she is. They might be they might actually be inclined to make a Japanese wrestler win just because it'll be closer towards that, you know, the uh, super show that they're doing. And there might be some sort of angle or build up towards it. I don't really know what to say, but it's just there is a possibility there. So, no, that'd be really cool if they did that. I don't know. Like, I guess if they have a Joker, you got to assume it's going to be Ember Moon for the women's side. Uh, I hope not, man. I, I don't. I've never. She lost me with all her criticism. It's not even that. I've just never really been a fan of her. Like, she was a good wrestler, but like, just overall, like, there's a reason why, like, she ended up where she did in the rankings in WWE among the like the horsewomen and stuff like that. So, like, I just don't see her coming to AEW and being like a game changer for them. That's why I think. Tony Storm is going to be the winner. Like they said, they do have big plans for her. She's so she is pretty young. She's relatively young. I'm pretty sure she's really young. Um, she she's built a lot of hype in the last year for herself. This is the time to strike while she's still hot for AEW and not make the same mistakes they did with Ruby Soho back in September. So if that's all we have for the AEW Owens Cup tournaments, uh, we will move on to the WWE side of the bracket. Uh, with WWE, our first topic today is recently in an interview. I don't remember whose interview. Uh, Jericho and HBK, the debate on the GOAT list got brought up. Uh, Kurt Robbie, Angle. Kurt Angle's interview, thank you. On Kurt Angle's hey. podcast, he said uh, Jericho's past HBK on the GOAT list, correct? Yes. Yeah, and so, he doubled down on that today, too. He said, I'm absolutely certain, because he got a lot of criticism, obviously. Sorry, continue. As a younger fan, I personally see Jericho higher on the goat list than HBK and I can see why he has why he would think Kurt Angle's thinking that way and why you can feel like he's past him. Uh, do either of you feel like Shawn Michaels still has the lead in this? No. Next. Uh, <laughs> I I mean in terms of who's better, I think Chris Jericho has definitely a longer history and he deserves a lot more reputation as if not he's on the they're both on the Mount Rushmore of W of wrestling, not WWE. They're both on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, but in terms of their impact on the sport or on the companies, Chris Jericho wins. Who I enjoyed more in the ring, though, definitely Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels sold like crazy. Shawn Michaels was incredible in the ring. I just think that Chris Jericho has made more of a fundamental impact, like okay. in both, you know, all of them. I I'm I fall in with where where you feel that way towards it, and I understand that a hundred percent. I definitely think like. Career-wise, Jericho's past him, obviously with the longevity, how he's always been able to reinvent himself. But of course, I yeah. feel like HBK has always been the better wrestler in the ring. So, But at this point where you're ranking them all the time, the better wrestler doesn't matter as much as the career as a whole. I think that if HBK stayed a few more years, maybe he'd still have a good argument over Jericho. But especially since HBK is retired, that's been some of the best work Jericho's ever done. He's done the list of yeah. Jericho. He's done the the world champion in AEW. He's doing the Jericho Appreciation Society, which is one of the best things in the company right now. And just overall, <sighs> Jericho keeps reinventing himself in amazing ways. And it's like, I don't know. I, I definitely think he's past HBK, so I got to agree with Angle there. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, Shawn Michaels is the one of the producers behind NXT. I don't know if he's one of the producers behind NXT 2.0, but he went straight behind the scenes. And obviously in WWE, he, him being a Triple H guy, 
he has not had the chance to run and make an impact as much as he want, wanted to, I'm sure. But Chris Jericho has basically free reign all over AEW. So I don't know if Chris Jericho is going to retire anytime soon. I think there's still more to come, honestly. So I'm ex- like, I, I would agree with impact wise. You know? No, I agree 100%. Um, okay. Is there I mean, anyone that's not, not other than them two that you would say might take, might be better? Yes, I enjoyed Ric Flair more than Shawn. I enjoyed Ric Flair more than Shawn Michaels in the ring, but that doesn't that doesn't mean I think his impact he made an impact Undertaker. more than Chris Jericho. Oh, I hated Chris. I, I, Undertaker was one of those personas that I never really enjoyed watching the matches of, but I I can agree with that. He was he's the greatest. Anyway, yeah, The Rock. That's my t- it's yeah, it's it's kind of how are we like we how far up in the goat list are Jericho and. Shawn Michaels. I think that's what we would have had to start this with if you want to talk about who's higher. Because I feel like there are names like The Rock, Stone Cold, you have Cena, and there's just Undertaker. Like, certain names are just going to go above them anyway. Um, necessarily, like, I would say Jericho and HBK have an argument for top 15, maybe top 10. I'm not, I don't feel like trying to give you my top 15 off the top of my head right now, but it's not like they're in the top. Maybe Maybe they can reach top five. I don't know. You know what I mean? It just depends on your list, how you feel about it, what you got to see growing up. Because there's everyone's list is obviously going to be such a such a huge difference. But where do they fall on that goat list? We we've agreed that Jericho falls uh, above HBK. I say they're top fifteen. Maybe you have a stretch of top ten, depending how your list goes. What top, top five. for you guys? Top five, definitely. Top who, five. Jericho or who? I'm sorry. Jericho and HBK, like, where would you put them overall in the GOAT list? Like, we were just talking, like, I, like bringing up this topic, I was just talking, comparing who was higher than the other on the list. But overall, I didn't even put thought into that. Like I said, it would, I'd give them top 15, and I'd have to play in that top 15 to see where they fall. Um, put them top five. Top five? Okay. Definitely top five. Put them top five with... Maybe top awesome three, and yeah, top three, because he's been doing it so long, so consistently, with charisma, and yeah. Yeah, the man is ageless. His, I mean, his people start criticizing skills, him because he lost weight. His promo skills, everything, yeah. All right, I like it. So, would either yes. of you put Jericho at number one? How about that? I think there's an argument to be made, but I wouldn't say it's a clear cut. Um. Yeah, it's eh. um. I, eh. I mean, who else would you put up front of him? That's the thing. Like Undertaker, maybe. I love The Rock, but the, the rock. Pro- no, no, he didn't. I, do I it. mean, The Rock, The Rock. Yeah, maybe not to everyone, but The Rock was one of the greatest promo yeah, he's workers top, ever. Top ten, but he's not top. He's not number one. That's what I mean. It's no, gonna. Man. It's everyone's list is gonna. Like it's, it's, to me, I would put like the rock as a whole over Jericho and Michaels. But that's why the top five for me is because I feel like there's other names you have to put in that pecking order down the line before you get to Michaels and Jericho. Mm -hmm. I I think I have him actually in one because you, I mean, I understand undertaker, but the thing with undertaker, like when I say that is that, um, he, uh, for like 10 years, he only wrestled one match a year. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. I, honestly, you know who would be in my top seven? Who? Oh. Randy. Yeah, Randy. Randy doesn't Randy, get yeah, appreciated as much, but he will when he retires. So, we could do a whole episode one day on our top 
like 25 and we could easily kill an hour debating this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so we're going to Remy, Remy here would might take like three. You know, our good friend Thanks. over here, Remy. You're welcome, friend. Thanks. You're welcome. I appreciate it. You're, You're a nice welcome. guy. I try. I mean, I just Let's know people back. love hearing my thoughts, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, they hey, die, you know. We are here for my thoughts, so both of you, enough. We're going yeah. <laughs> to come back to this talk one day, though, because we did set up the 25, the top 25, and we will come back to this and argue this out. Uh, the next thing that we do have here on the w- on the agenda for WWE is we are talking about how WWE has been embracing the heels lately. Rami put, pointed this out to me earlier because I brought up how on Raw it looks like they're setting up Nikki Ash for the heel turn. She's probably going to ditch the superhero gimmick. Um, Dewdrop came Finally. up and she was like, you ready to be serious? And Nikki Ash was like, yeah. And then you also pointed out how recently they turned Rhea Ripley heel. They're, they turned Edge into a heel faction leader, and WWE's really been going for the heel side of things as they are missing other top heels. They've, built, they've spent so long running Roman at the top, and like everyone else under him kind of fell off. You had Lashley for that while. He, they turned him face, though, so then it kind of left you with, we have Roman as a heel, Seth Rollins is working as a tweener. Who else do we have to use for the heel conversation? Now that they're slowly starting to establish names, factions... Um, it's a refreshing change for WWE as it's something they've needed yep. for a while. This will give us more interesting storylines going forward. Um, things along that line. How do you guys feel about the current change in landscape in WWE? I, how do I feel about the current landscape as of what, like the heels? Yeah. With the, with the bringing in of new heels. I like it. Um, they're trying to, um, I like heels more than faces, unless obviously like John Cena. Um, I don't think there's really any bad heels right now. So bad heels like and heels done poorly. Yeah, just that don't do it well. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I didn't mean to leave Sami Zayn off that list, but he's more for he's more of a comical heel than like the the heels that we were talking about in this discussion. Like Kevin Owens, he's I can't tell. Like he's like he's like he's like Seth Rollins, but like tweeners. Yeah, he's a tweener. Because people love him talking. He's great on the mic. And right now, it's a comedic bit between him and Ezekiel. He's not a bad guy, bad guy. Oh, here we go. We're not going to get into that conversation. No, no, no. Ezekiel, no, I know. I know. Talk about I Ezekiel know. next time. When he wins when he wins the tag team championships after back. <laughs> when he wins the tag team champion with, with his brother Elias. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but he's not. Elias is still recovering. or I mean, Elias has his own personal problems. So it's going to be Ezekiel handicapped against RK Bro. He's going to win. Then he'll be the one to unify the titles against the greatest tag team of all time, the Usos. It'll be it's 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 written That's, already. You mean the second greatest tag team? <laughs> Who's first? The Hardys? Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, Edge and Christian. We went over this. Yeah. Right. Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian are the best if we stay frozen in like 2005. I can say that. But there you go. Okay. That's what we're saying. Okay, so, regarding the heel work, I believe that. Like you were saying, you know, they ran Roman too much, and basically he got all the heel them. And even now, he's a heel still, but he is cleared as well. And if you see, they keep in the um, house shows and whatnot, he's making all these face promos to, to the audience about how he's grateful and things like that. So he can try to call out The Rock with it as well. And I mean, it's something like he's even a, he's becoming a tweener too. People love to hate him. People also love to cheer for him just because he's like that cool bad guy. I don't really understand. But they have not had any real heels 
forever for a long time, except for The Miz and Corbin. Those are the only two characters in my that I've thought of. I've been trying to think of any other people that are basically perpetual heels. And I can't really think of anyone that, that I mean, MJF is going to be a lifelong heel, but when he comes to WWE, that's another story. Um, Miz and Corbin are, in my opinion, two great workers. Happy Corbin, Corbin, Baron Corbin, whatever, is one of the most unappreciated heels or characters in the, in the entire industry. And I'm glad that now they're not going to rely on only those two people because they were having a real big struggle in making people care about storylines when they don't know who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. They make so many of these fights premature because they have like, you know, one event, one main, one pay-per-view event every month. So there's no real storyline building. So nobody even knows who the bad guy is and good guy and whatnot. How, what they did with Edge is perfect because everyone loves Edge and they went full on heel with it. Now he's not just being, you know, mysterious and dark. He's roasting everyone. I mean, talking about, he's calling the entire audience is whatever, two toothless lemons and whatever the hell. I mean, he's just going at it and he's doing it great. He's really absorbing all of that. I hope that he brings Rhea Ripley in and just all the heels on Raw manifest through him because there needs to be more heels, period. I, there's not any baby faces that people really care about Unless they actually work against the heel that brings they it out. Care about, they care about uh, Ezekiel. I care about Ezekiel. Yeah, my, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to let Ezekiel speak for himself, you know, that's all. My, my only complaint about them turning edge heel is we lost the, one of the greatest theme songs of all time, and we might never hear that again in a wrestling arena. It's okay, that you can hear it on my Spotify. It's like one of the most played uh, songs, so you can listen okay, to it there. I'll Spotify, bro. I'll link, I'll, I'll link you to my Spotify playlist. Sounds good, bro. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. That's why, like, I'm really excited about them pulling up Gunther on SmackDown, and I hope that they do do something with him correctly and they do build him correctly because he could be such a monster heel on the main roster for so many years if they do it correctly and they don't mess it up. And that's what they need, like you said, bro, It's just more believable heels. Like, I don't ever see Gunther again a, a face run unless they really do embrace the Vladimir Kozlov route and they just turn him into a comedian piece which I hope they never do with him because that man's a talent right. in himself. There's so right. many twitters like we talked about. It's AJ Styles is better as a face. You don't want to turn him again. I just, I don't know. I, I agree with you 100%. This is what we need. And what they're I, doing with AJ Ballard? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I you can say what you're going to say. I was just going to, I was actually just going to bring up Ciampa talking about how they turned him heel. And I mean, that's oh, been, yeah. that was cool, but I don't see, I feel like he's going to be another one that flip-flops. And throughout, they, like, there's the no storyline behind him being a heel. There's no actual reason why he's attacking Mustafa Ali. I mean, like, why is he doing it? He was this good guy that had honor and respect and shook Rick Steiner's hand after Braun Breaker beat him. And now he's just attacking people randomly for no good reason at all. There's no purpose behind that heeldom. That's where, I, like, it goes back to, like, what they did with Edge was great. I don't even know what the main trigger behind Edge turning heel was, but it was just basically him getting into that darker place every time that he fought against Rollins and all these people. Um, there's yeah, something was, uh... that I, I, I wanted to just brush upon NXT real quick because these NXT releases that just happened, uh, I mean, everyone was talking about after April 15th, everyone was saying, oh, last year's April 15th was the budget cut day. And so that was going to happen after April, once April 16th hit. And then they ended up doing it on the last day of April. Um, 
So the thing I found incredibly unusual, I understand them releasing people because they weren't progressing like that next Brock Lesnar, Harland guy. Yeah. There were a few big surprises with Dexter Loomis, especially. But the bigger thing that I found as a big surprise, I'm, I mean, we can talk about any 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 one individual um, that you want to, but it really bothered me or threw me off. Let's put it that way. Threw me off how they released several people that were part of some of the most major storylines on NXT 2.0 every week. I'm sure you guys don't watch it or not don't watch it religiously or whatever. I have it as background noise every um, like every Wednesday after I'm watching as I'm working. And I see it, and I mean, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, as well as Duke Hudson and Perja Parada, they literally dominated like a quarter of the show every week. Yeah, I was surprised and, at the Dexter Loomis one. That was the only one I was really surprised about. They had a really big hope on Perja Parada. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed her in the ring, never heard of her beforehand. I just don't, this, this week, yesterday for NXT, they had a bit in the back where the two non-release people, were just staring at their wedding rings as and then they like were about to kiss and Indy was like no you wish blah, blah, blah. like it was like funny but that was literally the only way that they addressed it and they just moved on for completely like it's I don't understand if you're going to release people so quickly they're saying that they're going to be doing it every 30 or 90 days from now on I just really hope that they wrap up storylines before they do that because they can force people to wrap up the storyline for them I mean they could have divorced them on TV and then released them. Like it just makes it seem so much more awkward. And we know what's happening in the background. How about like kids that don't know? It just throws them off and what the hell is going on? What happened and so on. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I just want proper stories. I get what you're saying there. Uh, I think NXT wise, though, I I feel like the 90 day releases isn't going to happen. That's the that was the point I wanted to focus on from what all that you just said. Uh, the 90 NXT day releases, I don't believe unless it's only NXT releases, and I guess that's it's fair because it's like a farming system. It's supposed to be like who your next top prospects are, and every other sport, the farming systems are always cut in, switching who they have on their rosters, and it's always an adjustment. So I understand that. Obviously, like you said, it sucks storyline wise. They obviously should try to prepare better so they can wrap up storylines. But at the same time, I feel like NXT has the few storylines, but at the same time, it's also, that's more of their experiment. Like, that's where they can get away with not continuing them. Obviously, if it's people, like you just said, how they got rid of a quarter of the talent that takes up a traditional episode, that's not as easy to do, and it's not the right thing to do for the fans or for your company itself. But I think they can get away with it a little more with these NXT stars rather than, obviously, if they were main roster people. Because, like, yeah. go back to remember um the whole Aleister Black right before he got released. That man was off TV for months, months, months. Boom, they brought him back. It was like a three, four-week little run. He had a match even the SmackDown before he got released. And then it was like, hey, right. he's gone. So, like, you do want to avoid situations like that. And that's obviously what's going on in NXT. But, I did, like I said, though, with NXT, there is some leeway to get away with being able to do that. It's not right. It's wrong. But this is the way WWE is. I'm going to move us on to our final topic of the day, though. And yes. that is our, we're going to talk about WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, I'm going to read you guys the match card. What's not announced yet is you got to assume Mustafa is going to have a match against either um, Mr. Theory. Make sure that, um, make sure you don't get the Backlash card mixed up with April's WrestleMania card. I know they could look very similar. They're basically the same thing. I'm going to try my best. Um, the first match we have. Let's, we're going to go. All right. This is what we're going to do first. We're going to go straight match match. We're each going to pick a winner. 
And then at the end, we'll talk about what we're most excited for, what we're not, and we'll talk about the pay-per-view as a whole. So the first match we have is Bobby Lashley and Omos. Do we have picks? Lashley. I think they're going to give Omos the win here because they need to build him as a heel, so they'll give Omos the win. Yeah, I think it's also Omos. It's Lashley via non-queen. I don't know how, but... All right. He's going to interfere and make Omos lose, but it's going to make him look strong. Okay. I can see MVP interfering and making him lose, making Bobby Lashley like, lose. I mean, no, no, no. Like he's saying, like almost, like MVP is going to accidentally distract almost. Like he's going to try to help almost, and it's going to backfire. Mm-hmm. I understand. It's in. We'll see. Um, we have Happy Next Corbin time. versus Madcap. Madcap. Mad. Yep. Well, yeah. Okay. We're all Madcap. Uh, AJ Styles versus Edge. I think it's Styles another- with help from Finn. I think that's another spooky win for Edge, and it's going to be where they debut the third member of the team to get the... Styles wins, Edge goes mad, and invites someone else. Okay, I like it. Uh, we have... We're going to we're gonna skip this one. We're going to come back to it. We have Cody versus Seth. Cody. Cody. Bobby? Cody. Okay, so let yeah. me ask you guys this. We're all in agreement of Cody. Does Seth taking two losses and the back-to-back pay-per-views to Cody hurt him at all? No, because it's WrestleMania 2.0. Personally, I don't think that Seth Rollins Seth Rollins has been has taken losses and used them to build his storyline. You know, like that, like how he's been doing on his way into WrestleMania. So I don't think it'll okay. hurt him. We're all on the same page there. I saw people chatting on the internet talking about Seth Rollins can't take two losses in a row like that. I was like, ah, don't know about that one, but uh, he's not in the WWE Championship contender or like talk. For a while now, so once he's back on that, that's when they need to give him a streak of wins, in my opinion. But they're building Cody now, so we have Charlotte and Ronda in the I Quit match. Charlotte, I hope but it's going to be Ronda. It's going to be Ronda, unfortunately. Care less about that match at all. Yeah, it's like I said, I can't wait for this rivalry to be over. I've not, as a Ronda fan, I've not enjoyed this rivalry one. I can't bit. wait for them to just leave entirely both together. Go to AEW. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first here from Dakota from sources. Sources. Uh, <laughs> His dreams. Finally, finally, the big one: Drew McIntyre and RK Bro versus the Bloodline and the Usos. The Bloodline, and I hope they retire Drew McIntyre. That's hate, but Oof. I think the Bloodline takes wow, it. That's strong. Oh, actually, no, I lied. I don't think the Bloodline takes it. I think Drew and RK Bro take it, so then the Bloodline can take up the following matches. Like their follow-ups. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, well, I think the, the the good guys are going to win this match, and the bad guys are going to win the rubber match. So that's I just the card. hate McIntyre. That's the call. Oh, we know you do. That's the, that's the card. Um, what are you guys looking most forward to? What are you not? What, what was the thing you said we're going to go back to? Oh, that was the Drew McIntyre. I didn't want to. That was third on the list. I didn't, no. That was third from the top. I wanted that to be last because that's the real main event. That should have been first. Because the match sucks. Wow. All right. Um, <laughs> so personally, I know right. I know there's a lot of complaints talking about like the card, all of that stuff. Um, the way I look at it is okay. So WrestleMania is the start, the end of a season. Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is the start of a new season. So I'm okay with WrestleMania Backlash being um, the. I'm I'm okay with it being identical to WrestleMania because it's kind of like you're continuing off where the last season went, which you can't be mad about. And also on top of that, we have three stadium shows in a row starting in July all the way to early September. 
And that's just going to be, it's going to be a lot of big matches. We're going to see a lot of, I don't want to say one-offs because we'll definitely get some rematches, but that's what they're saving the new stuff for. That's what they're saving the big things for. I have no idea what's going to happen in June for Hell in a Cell. I think we're going to get a lot of three-peats. We'll definitely see AJ and Edge again. We might even see Bobby Lashley and Omos again. I don't know what, maybe even Cody versus Seth in a Hell in a Cell. So I hope they do that entire card in in a Hell in a Cell match, all of them. That would make this whole lineup more interesting. That, that it just sucks good. because it pretty much makes this. I just dropped you. I apologize. It pretty much <laughs> makes this card not matter or like not seem like it's must watch. Because yeah. I think people already feel like it's not must watch because it is a lot of repeats. But I do want to point like Cody versus Seth was a really good match the first time. We deserve to see that again. Same with AJ versus Edge. I know, but the thing is, for like us, we're going to WrestleMania next year. It's like, oh, let's save our money, not go to WrestleMania. We'll just go to WrestleMania Backlash next year <laughs> in a small city because it's going to be the same matches. You know what I mean? To save half the money. Is that what? So you're telling me you want to head down to Rhode Island this weekend and go see WrestleMania Backlash since we didn't get to go see WrestleMania? I don't think anyone in their right mind willingly goes to Rhode Island. I'd go if they they make me one of those seat fillers. Like how much are tickets? I don't know. I've never Oh no, I mean three three ninety nine. Three ninety nine seat fillers they are. So so my biggest criticism as to this lineup is what they originally were planning to do with the, the unifications and all that. I mean they obviously spoke that up way too prematurely and then changed their mind and realized, oh, we need to milk this ros- their, this rivalry a little bit more. Roman Reigns but is not it, injured. Roman Reigns is not what? He's not injured. Yes, we well, I I, I, <laughs> I, I I learned the error of my ways. I'm sorry. I just think that right now it's very clear they're milking the, like this rivalry. And if there's any way that that makes this whole change of the unification to not unification okay, is if they make it Usos versus RK Bro for in a Hell in a Cell match, and Drew versus Roman in a Hell in a Cell match, which also Roman needs. Like the biggest criticism to his reign so far has been that he's wrestled so few matches and has not had like any real intense matches. And as much of a fan of Roman's reign that I actually that I am, I actually agree with that. Like there's no real match that I remember. I would say he's had that is you know one of the best. So I hope he has a Hell in a Cell match against Drew. He'll obviously win. But I hope he puts on a banger for once. So people can say, oh, that one is the memorable one. So It kind of sucks and, that Hell in a Cell is in between the, this and the um, stadium matches. No, just the stadium matches in general. Because I really thought we were going to get Roman Reigns versus Drew or the title unification at the stadium for the first time. But with having to get through two pay-per-views, I find that very unlikely. And one or both will both be rematches in the first stadium show, which is it is what it is. I think maybe they'll probably be all close that up at Money in the Bank. And then SummerSlam, you give Roman some big opponent. I don't know who, who maybe, maybe Cody, whatever you decide to do. Um, it's, and then you but see, at the end, it's like you want Drew for that overseas one, I feel like, in the main event. That's why I don't know what's coming next and how they're going to drag this throughout the summer. I'm going to give you a spoiler. Okay. All right, spoiler. Are you ready? Yeah. What is what is what is uh what's what does uh Paul Heyman say? A spoiler. What is, what does he say about spoiler? What does he say? Oh, this is not a spoiler. That's not a prediction. That's not a prediction. That's it's a not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Yes. Drew McIntyre is going to lose. Okay. That okay. is not a prediction. 
It is a spoiler. Thank you for pointing out what we all already know. Do you have any other spoilers for us? Yes. Um, my other spoiler is Ezekiel. He's going to win the title. Is Elias. Well, when is the money in the bank? And then... They literally have Money in the Bank and SummerSlam in the same month in stadium shows. Wow, Money in the Bank is on July 2nd? I think Cody Rhodes wins the Money in the Bank. And then takes it on Roman, but gives Roman a month or whatever to actually do it. And gives him like oh, a you actually, match. You actually brought up a... So I've been realizing that, in my opinion, there I thought... Originally, they were going to unify the WWE champion, like the top titles. But I'm leaning more and more toward the idea that they definitely want to split it eventually. And Roman is still going to be universal champion, so he can continue with that longest reign. And Roman the money in the bank. Sure, I'm not against that. I, I don't. I, I hope he wins. He has the universal title for two more years, loses and retires. I mean, he doesn't need to. What's he going to do after that? There's nothing that he can build after a four-year title reign, you know? It's not, even, it's, it's not even that far down in the future. What the heck do you do after the Rock match with him? You retire. retire. Go to Hollywood. No, like, I, no I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're 100%, I'm agreeing with you. You're, you're 100% correct. But like, you don't even need it to go two more years. It's literally this has all been one big build for the Rock. And it's just like there is no end goal after the Rock for him. So what do you think he does? Do you think he disrespects the, the bloodline or whatever? And then he says, I need to fight you? Or how do you think they do it? That's the only way. Oh. This, I think he loses the title first before the bloodline breaks up. After he loses the title, that's when you do the bloodline feud with, uh, I guess you go back to Uso versus him. And then Uso. that's it. Maybe Uso. maybe that's the way you give Uso back his win over Roman and you let Roman fade off and start becoming a part-timer. Uh, you have the Usos in a top spot still for another couple of years. I mean, they're, you're, they're, they're not old. old. They're in their 30s. Like They the still got to get thirty. That's what I'm saying. You know, they got mid thirties. That's calm. That's calm. It's the WWE calm. You know, that's what we're normal. That's young. Austin Theory's thirty-five, and he's their young star. Come on now. Austin no, Theory's not. Austin Theory's not twenty-five, isn't he? Twenty-four, actually. Oh, well, I guess he. Was, I I forgot. He's who's twenty-four. He's not 24. thirty-five. I was gonna say. Oh my god. Somebody said to me he was in his thirties, and I did not believe that one bit. So I just continued to sit stare that phone. That Dude, big they're thing. literally. They talked about how he's the youngest United States champion in history a million times. Do you think the youngest United States champion would be thirty-five? All right. So it wasn't <laughs> Austin Theory. I'm thinking of. There was somebody I called young, and I got absolutely shit on for it because they were thirty-five. So it wasn't Theory. Oh, it was someone well, else. Announced the Judgment Day name. Two weeks like last week, not this week. Yeah, facts. The fans hate me on the page these days. Bro, I don't know what you did to him. I'll be making posts. I think I'm doing something good. Wow, Damian Priest is 39 years old. That's what I mean. I they thought don't... this man was young. That's what I'm saying, man. They don't. That is their. That is young for them. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, I mean, I understand. Bobby Lashley is 42. Like he's and he's having the run of his life right now. I'm not saying it, like age of... isn't a matter there. They like just the whole NXT angle, everything that they've been doing. They always were building towards NXT being under thirty, or the you know the future being under thirty. I didn't think they were gonna push Damian Priest up like that. And he's thirty nine. Matt Riddle's thirty six. Maybe yeah. that's who it was. I think it was Riddle that I said was young, and someone looked at me and they're like, "He's thirty six. and I'm like, "He's young for WWE. That's good. That's good. Yeah, thirty six. He could have a ten year career at this point. Yeah, but he's thirty six. Only in the wrestling. And Randy Orton's 
I'm sorry, only in the sports world is 36 considered old, because everywhere else in the real world, it's not old, but, you know. Drop is. How old is Rich Holland? That, let's, 33. There you go. He's the youngster we need. Don Rich, Rich Holland. Holland. Yep, Rich Holland. Rich, will Holland is, the- Rich Holland's a new night, Jack, guys. Dominic Mysterio, twenty-five. Rich Holland is going to dethrone Roman Reigns at the end of all of this. This is your prediction. Keith Lee is thirty-seven. Yeah, dude, that's why he's got all those gray hairs when he grows out his hair. Yeah, what could you stress? That's what I was saying. Stress. <laughs> all right, twenty-five. All right, so I, I want to make one last prediction here because all right, go for it. I mean, I believe that what's going to happen here is building up like the the main card. Uh, they're going to be building up towards Drew versus Roman in Hell in a Cell match. I hope that match is one of the best matches in Roman's career, or they the won't. best match of Roman's career. I, I mean, yeah, I understand. Drew McIntyre is one of those people, though, that he's, he's this big warrior guy. I don't really love his selling. He doesn't sell very well, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing there, but he still kicks ass. But in the end, I'm hoping that Cody wins the money in the bank, and what he does is Challenges for the WWE, the Raw Tech Championship, not the Universal Championship. And ultimately, that's how the titles split. And then just Roman runs with it. I think that if there's, if John Cena really is coming back this summer, I think he'll come back and go straight for Roman again, saying, I want a, like a rematch. And then Roman will beat him. And that's when The Rock comes. It's basically like Hollywood returning one, one after the other. And it, the, him losing to John or him beating John Cena won't be clean. It'll be the Usos making some dirty underhanded win, and that's why The Rock will come saying, "Oh, you can't beat us unless you have the bloodline," and the bloodline won't uh, cheat against one of their own. That kind of thing, you know, like the Usos wouldn't do that to The Rock. That kind of notion. So I'm, uh, I'm going to counter your prediction because I think Theory's getting Cena at SummerSlam. They're building to that. They could be building to that, too. I can agree. But, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. All I, like I know is that... Um, and I'm still sticking with Ridge Holland dethrones Roman Reigns as he's the young talent. Well, if you like being wrong, be my guest, dude. <laughs> you, hey, that man was not taking off the guy that believed Roman was injured. Dude, they that need man. to keep Ridge Holland far away from Roman if they don't want him to get injured. That man was not taken off TV after that botch. There, there's somebody backstage that likes that man. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Yep, I agree with that. Like he's got he's got someone looking over him. Dakota, give us but, your final prediction for this summer. For the summer? For any of this that we just predicted. John Cena goes oh. to AWC and Punk versus John Cena. Who is this? That would be fucking sick. I would love it. Hey, language. This no, is I marked it. Show. I marked it as explicit on Apple and Spotify. Okay. <laughs> Because I know I swear things. Um. Okay. My prediction (laughs) is to be announced next week because I don't have one right now. (laughs) Dun dun dun. So that is the end of PWW Talks episode uh, five. Uh, I just wanted to point out to you guys that we call this PWW Talks, but it's technically called PWW Talk because that's what our logo has on it, and that's just something I noticed. That's all I'm saying. I got really confused when I didn't know the name of my own podcast, but we that's something else we can talk about. But um, This is in parentheses. This is in parentheses. This was another episode. Thank you guys again for another one. We'll be back again next week at some point, whenever we decide to. Uh, you guys say your goodbyes, and we'll get up out of here. Next week, live from Dynamite, me and you, George. There you go. Dakota can do it over FaceTime with us.
Excited. Don't forget, though, it's a six-hour show. It's a fact. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess I guess we'll be spoiling Rampage too then. Why not? Oh yeah, because everyone everyone's dying to know Rampage. We could spoil who wins the Owen Cup, Owen Hart Cup matches before they're aired. We'll be real medicine to the wrestling world. Dave Meltzer and uh, Sean Rapp. Right out I will end this by saying that um, we'll soon be announcing some sort of uh, little competition involving the Joker of this whole uh, AEW Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, the Joker. And anyone that guesses, <laughs> I mean, we want we want people to guess here because the Joker could be someone known, but this one's actually yeah. a wild card. And what? What? Don't I, I want to announce a prize here, but I mean, you're ruining it, so I guess we'll leave the prize till next week. What's dun, the prize? Dun, dun. What's the prize, Robbie? No, no, no. I mean, Dakota wants to reveal his pick next week, so I can't reveal the prize now anyway. Nope. But pay, your, pay the prize. Free merch, obviously. All right, we'll figure it out. You heard it here first. I said free merchandise. We'll get free paraphernalia to everyone involved. Or to everyone who gets the pick right. The man said paraphernalia. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's on my mind. (laughs) We are off with this on that note. Have a good one, everyone.